This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. You have arrived at episode number 161, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Ryan Stiskel. How's it going tonight, Ryan? I am ready for tonight, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing much better, so... um, Yeah. The disease has kind of worked its way through my entire household at this point, and we're getting towards that, like, light at the end of the tunnel moment. My son's got a couple days left on his covid quarantine uh and after that we should be knock on wood right here you can hear me doing it uh should be disease free i hope yeah (laughs) everybody and everyone's doing good everyone's already feeling better he's like you know uh mostly symptom free at this point just kind of like waiting till the suggested quarantine period is over before we can get back to doing normal things you know having having summer again you know getting outside and although we have been you know sneaking outside and playing in the yard they, they tell you about like the state health department tells you like you have to stay inside your house and it's like well no one else is in our yard right so right we go your, play your the property yard. counts like, this right, is america so. yeah that's right right uh which has nothing to do i mean which <laughs> doesn't matter because now we're going to russia for tonight's that's thing. right but, but how have you been doing I mean, you're just, i've uh, i've been surviving you know i've been uh, <laughs> I just realized why I, I said that not thinking about what you just told me. Like you guys were literally surviving and I've been using it as a, um, well, everybody's surviving. I mean, everyone. Unless, you, unless you're not, then that's it. I mean, I am, I, I essentially am kind of forced <laughs> into this, like, uh, Hey, I'm an artist and this is what I do to occasionally make money. And not that I make a lot, but I've been preparing for the Wisconsin State Fair, because they're going to feature me as an artist there, because last year I won that poster. So that that I'm excited for yeah. and stress the fuck out. They want me to perform like some kind of crazed artist animal. I'm like, I don't know how yeah. exciting you think this is going to get. It's not, but hey, whatever. You're not paying me, so whatever. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> well, My prize money was turned out to actually be an employment check for one for like four days. I'm like, okay, you, you worked me, but um, I'm happy know, to do it. Yeah, it's I was going to say, it's exciting. Yeah, I, 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 get to I hesitate of... to say it's an opportunity because you've expressed that that is, uh, you know, maybe not the best thing to say, but... <laughs> I, I, I mean, <laughs> I'll take that. it. This is a good opportunity in that for, like, the few, to the like, the week that this is open, I, at least with my badge, get to go into the fair for free. So there's that. So I'm like, yeah, I like it. I, I, I think it's a pretty cool thing. Like I'm just more so just nervous about, you know, perf- uh, performance anxiety. I'm just used to doing yeah. a podcast where I just get to drink and talk to my friends and shit and not right. have to actually do my work in front of people. I'm a very it's, shy person. 
I don't so. think a lot of people that you know are in the the you know the people that are like booking stuff for the state fair. They're constantly like booking talent, and so they probably don't like <laughs> think about the fact that an artist does not really you know at least most artists I don't think don't really kind of do this public display type thing yeah. like they're when you're working you're kind of work it's, it's a fairly solitary act like you're working by yourself you're yeah you know, designing and actually drawing and and doing your work mostly by yourself at at home kind of thing it's not like you know you're you have a storefront where people come and watch you so uh so. D- no <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean Thanks. the cool, cool thing is i get a nice uh i get to stay indoors in a in a air-conditioned space so oh that's fantastic i thought they'd have you like in a fucking tent or something but no no they 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 have a cool set i don't know what the setup is and from when i ask questions i don't think they quite know they're coming in after like during a pandemic because i closed last year so there's a lot of chaos and when i ask some questions about am i going to have a table i kind of got like a smile and a and a giggle and I, for a second there i thought i asked a stupid question but it then found out like yeah you if you have a table you maybe you might have to bring one but at least you get to be in a nice like uh air-conditioned <laughs> hallway with like massive windows uh so i'm like i'll take it i'm cool with that yeah um byot bring your own table right bring your own table man <laughs> when you're in your 30s i suppose that's the universal rule to any social gathering <laughs> this is just bring your own table someone's probably going to bring some kind of salad potato salad pasta salad the dreaded jello some, salad something salad yeah that's a pretty much a given yeah uh, midwest <laughs> someone's got a salad <laughs> used to be a bottle of booze or you know something some <laughs> you know illegal i shouldn't say illegal i suppose but you know party <laughs> favors of some sort now it's you know pasta salad but you know that's who, life that's her. who who brought the the thc laced brand muffins <laughs> it's like well we're in our 30s right. we got to liven up our health somehow <laughs> yeah you get get a nice little buzz going on while you're uh moving regular. things along and yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like to remain uh. regular and high <laughs> that's that's adulting response that's responsive that's responsibility and and fun in one is a thc laced muffin and now we take a quick break to let you know about some other excellent podcasts that you should check out hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the doctor who target book club podcast the only podcast to discuss in story order all the doctor who novelizations my name is tony whip and every two weeks or so i'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel including our so-called expert who's been a who fan since 1979 that would be me we also get the views of intermediate casual and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts including dalton hughes and allison fitzsafried you can find us on itunes stitcher spotify or wherever you find good podcasts or even ones like ours. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. I would like to invite you to take a trip across all of time and space. Join us in the police box as we discuss the worlds of Doctor Who in a completely random order. We discuss it all. TV stories, audio adventures, novels, nonfiction books, and on and on and on. 
I'm your host, Eric Branson. I would be very happy if you'd join me for the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a proud partner of the Video Junkyard podcast and can be found on most major podcast platforms including SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. Video Junkyard Podcast. There's no proper segue into what we're gonna do next, so yeah, I was gonna say (laughs) bottle of booze was about the closest I was I was gonna get there, but I I let it go to pasta salad, and now we're on weed brand muffins. So anyway, we just uh, you know could go ahead and introduce the movie since uh, everybody, as we point out every week, probably already know what you're listening to. So if you don't know, tonight we are going to be checking out the 1967 Russian film. How are we going to say this? Are we going to say V? V. V. Фильм по мотивам одноименной повести Николая Гоголя. Фильм. Сценарий и постановка под руководством известного режиссера Александра Птушко. Фильме V. Наталья Варлей и Леонид Куравлёв. Ведьма! Ей богу ведьма! Which is actually not just the letter V, but V-I-Y. Yep. Um, and it's a demon. That's right. <laughs> and uh, V was eyelids. directed by Konstantin uh, Yershov and Grigory Kropakia. Krop- yeah, this is going to be tough. I know Please I got Grigory right. Yeah. <laughs> Kropakiov? I'm going to say yes. It took me a second, a but I think that sounds pretty pretty close. So, yeah. Uh, based on a story by uh, Nikolai Gogol um, and was kind of a famous uh, folklore tale. Um, yep, yeah. And suppose this is a fairly accurate or faithful um, adaptation of um, V. So um, I'm going to grab a, something i also ill-prepared for. I'm going to grab a quick uh, synopsis here. A group of seminary students from the city go on summer break, drunkenly wandering the countryside. They end up lost and spend a night in the company of a haggard witch. 
A scuffle breaks out, and one of the students, Coma, murders the witch. Only, it turns out, he really killed a beautiful landowner's daughter. And now he must sit with her body in a church for three days, protecting it from evil spirits. This horror movie was based on the story by Nikolai Gogol. It's interesting how you refer to it as a scuffle. There's a lot more to break down in that (laughs) scuffle that we will get down into. Mm -hmm. That um... (laughs) well, and first of all, like the the the, you know, the get from the get go, it's interesting that um, this is a monastery. We open on a monastery where all of these like young monks are kind of like let out on their like. you know, the the monk version of Spring Break, I guess, where they just get to kind of go crazy. <laughs> and they become like a Viking horde on the, like... They do! <laughs> the they were village. literally like, grabbing <laughs> women and carrying them <laughs> off! <laughs> it's like, what, are all bets off for 48 hours or whatever? And it's like, yay, and it's rape Lent. and pillage! Like, we're usually, you know, usually very pious people, but it's rape and pillage season, so we're, yeah. we're gonna go carry During... off some women and steal all the booze, and somebody, I think, stole a goat, and, you know, it's... A... They were milking a goat, like, at milking the beginning. Milking a goat, that's right, <laughs> the yeah. fucking, like, it's like, <laughs> is that how they prep? It's just like, we're just waiting for the Dean to let us out as he's tugging on the tit of a goat. Like, like, five guys around this goat, which everyone, yeah. everyone in this fucking movie that's a man has, like, just a thick mustache of some sort oh, yeah. or just some they mustache got the, some good the younger guys like the young monk guys they have kind of like the it's like uh the older guys like the the older more respectable you are in in this version of you know soviet russia or this vision of from soviet russia of russian history yeah. the more older and respectable you are the more like staunch and wonderful your mustache is as well like a so. horseshoe like a glorious yeah. silver horseshoe there are some fantastic mustaches in this probably worth watching this just for those but you know, i mean some of those haircuts that they also thing. had i was surprised are making a comeback to nowadays just like the bull the bull monk bowl cut thing that there's like part many of, of them had like that reminded me a lot of the 90s kids but actually it was the one uh older one of the um, Give me a second. One of the uh, Cossacks, uh, when yeah, he takes I, off I, his hat, he I has, I kind like, of, like, started referring sh- to them in my head as the Seven Dwarves, but... <laughs> they kind of have that. But he had, like, a shaved head, but he had, like, like just, like, a swoop of hair on top of it. Like, just shaved all around just this one, like, ponytail. And I'm like, I oh, haven't yeah. seen that one yet. Um, waiting for it that one. It seems like it's, like, the next... Yeah, it's pretty close to contemporary, though. Especially with the big yeah. mustache, I could... I can yeah. see that. <laughs> it's uh but yeah, you're right. Like the whole like the spring break for uh monks but and they're just they're just fucking ransacking the entire countryside. And it's funny cuz I think it's Lent. It's 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 during Lent that this happens. Um yeah. and then they uh like so yeah, we have our three not main. We have the one main guy and his two friends. They're just so fucking shit-faced out in the countryside that when it hits dark out they're fucking lost lost yeah and they're just like maybe we're just fucking sleep underneath the stars and then they're also kind of characterized as like the screwball monks a little bit like they're goofing around in the beginning so it's almost like we're getting like a national lampoon spring like animal house (laughs) at first but you know they're monks so oh yeah that's a good comparison yeah national lampoon presents v (laughs) yeah Oh, uh, Jim Belushi. Yeah. Um, he plays Yeah, me. that's what we're... <laughs> um, So, I yeah, they... I, I can't, too. Um, he can't because of the mild, long eyelids. 
But um, yeah. So, <laughs> but then they they they're like, well, we're fucking lost. Like, let's not fucking let's not fucking camp out here in the middle of fucking nowhere. And they happen upon a a old woman outside of this farm, and the old woman has them sleep in three separate rooms. You know, and I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I don't want these fucking hooligans to fucking talk. <laughs> um, yeah, but plot. N- right. Plot don't a robbery or whatever, yeah. Because I don't trust these fuckers. One already stole, like, a fish underneath, like, hay for some reason. Like, coma. Uh, yeah, coma. Coma is Yeah, who ends up being our main character. Who's our main yeah. character. And probably, like, the probably like the most sleaziest one, which we'll get to on why that probably might be. Um, mm-hmm. He... Uh, sleeps in the barn and he's approached by the old woman who is played by a male actor but oh, yeah. uh yeah I, I had trouble at first i was trying to figure it out like i'm like because i felt a little bad about it like that's a dude right like that <laughs> but then i felt bad about like saying that like oh maybe it's not and it's just you know because obviously i know where they're going with this is like a witchy old woman right but but no i'm almost certain I, I guess I didn't go look, but I'm almost certain it's a male actor. I'm not just it is. being... It's, yeah. it's a male so. actor. It's like if you want to depict an old woman, just get an old man. Same thing, apparently. And it's just yeah. like... Same wow. difference, right? They old, right? That's him. Maybe it's because she's supposed to be, like, all, like, hag-like and ugly. So they're like, well, what's an ugly old right. woman look like? Um, a man. Yeah. And it's like, that's sexist. But carry on. I, I do <laughs> think, like, Russia. in the, you know, Soviet Russia, like, we're thinking back then. But, yeah, I think it was to make her so undesirable. Like, sexually undesirable, yeah. yeah, because of what the way that he she's going to, like, come on to coma in this scene. And like, literally, like, yeah, in a like, way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she just bewitches him, like, tries to seduce him. And one of his lines mm-hmm. is, um, it's Lint. But that's not what makes him stop. What makes him stop is, you're no spring chicken, is his line. So the thing is, he had no problem with not having sex. It's just the fact that she's old and ugly that he's like, nah, no thank you. Our yeah, fucking which, protagonist, everybody. Wouldn't this witch's ploy, her whole ploy of like, you know, getting to these monks work a whole lot better if she would have shifted herself into the young, beautiful woman to do the seduction part of this? There is... Um, there a little are, backwards there, so... This this story, this this folklore story has been broken down by a lot of <laughs> psychoanalysts, mainly Freudian. Mm. Um and one of the things that, that is brought up is this like it actually represents uh him having sex, uh having an incestual relationship with his mother, similar to like no 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 no. That's too far. <laughs> too far. I don't think that's the situation here. It's just, it's, can we just chalk it up to just, it's, it's a folklore that's written weirdly. Does it have to yeah. be given the Freud? By the way, Freud is not a, Freudian anything is not a thing anymore as we fucking like establish in the 21st century. So it's just funny to read that. But yeah, she just wants to ride him into the night as they say. Yeah, quite literally. Literally. Um, <laughs> what'd you think about that first like watching it? how she just jumps on his back and takes off into the sky like rides him like a broom almost yeah why she's holding a broom and just like spank him on the butt with it he just piggybacking um it's (laughs) something that i know pops up in like old witch um like mythology 
like writing people like you know there would be like oh somebody can't sleep or somebody is so um exhausted all the time well that's because the witch shows up and uses them as a horse like they put you know ride around on this person's back um all night long and that's why this person can't get any sleep or isn't getting any rest most likely they were like you know dying of colon cancer or something and they were just blaming the <laughs> old crone next door uh because that's what you know societies sexist societies like that you know, did with old women is just blame the, everything on them. But so anyway, does that make like to, Wizard to not... of Oz, the whole crone across the street is actually like an allegory for colon cancer. <laughs> I'll get you, I'll get you my pretty and your pretty and your dog too. It's like, that's prostate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting the mix. Um, no, but yeah, it is something that I've come across in, in like literally like even in Amer- like American um, and European old witch folklore uh, definitely witches writing people is, is something that pops up. So yeah, I, I wasn't too surprised, like, but it, it takes on the form of, um, like a classical European witch story because that's, that's yeah. something that is like very common. The writing, which is writing somebody around. It almost, it's, it's kind of weird because it's, it's definitely also like, it's, it's probably an allegory for sex, but like outside of the Freudian thing. Um, mm-hmm. But the way that it's like, because it takes place in the 60s and the way it's kind of shot with how they did special effects back then, it reminded me a lot of those fucking uh, movies that Disney made. Like, uh, uh, was it the one with like witches and bed? Like, oh, I'm terrible with this. Is bed, bed knobs and broomsticks. Bed yeah. knobs and broomsticks. God, that's my partner's, <laughs> fa- one of my her favorite fucking movies, which deals <laughs> with witches. Um, yeah. And I completely forgot it. But you know, that kind of like, there's kind of a humorous, whimsical way that everything's kind of going about this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of, it's funny. And then it ends with I, him beating her to death with a fucking broom. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I kind of love, and I have a love-hate relationship with some of the, like, moods of this movie. Like, yeah. Um, it does a really good job of, like, building up these really suspenseful scenes, but they usually, like, when they finally break that suspense, it becomes silly. Yeah. Um, so it does. It has a lot of like silly and whimsical moments, um, which in general, when I got to the end of it, I actually like, well, just because it's so unique and different from anything I've ever seen before, uh, I ended up kind of enjoying that about it. But you would. <laughs> I do feel like they they do waste some of the horror, like the horror elements of it. They build, they do a very good job of building suspense and putting him in these situations that are you know, kind of creepy and like it starts to get under your skin and then all of a sudden it's going to be like, Oh, silliness. (laughs) Like, um, that might have something to do with Russian censorship at the time or more, more specifically, sorry, the, the Soviet, uh, censorship Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, because making movies was very difficult. This would probably be like the first Russian horror movie. This was considered to be the first Soviet horror movie. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't Um, know if there's any, there's supposedly uh, prior to the rise of the Soviet Union, there were supposedly a couple of early horror films. One of them is a lost film. Uh, It's a Dracula film. Um, This is the only reason I know about it because of reading about old Dracula movies, but (laughs) uh, an early adaptation of Dracula that is kind of rumored to have existed at one point no one's ever seen no one alive seen a print of it it's uh only you know only exists in descriptions and memories of people that are no longer alive so no one's sure if it was even a finished film but anyway there's supposedly a russian dracula film from way back but yeah yeah, so this is the first horror film yeah Yeah. but that was it soviet russia 
And it's like the fact that it was even able to be made is just because it's based off of folklore. So there was a lot of like gymnastics, uh, metaphorically speaking, uh, to get this film made um, within the Soviet Union. Uh, so and, and the fact that we even get to see it uh, is also like a feat within itself. Like this is a unique special gem just based yeah. off of that. Um, so there is like some theories or some uh, breakdowns that I've seen about this where they're like, so there's like the sexual elements that happen early on in the movie, like the whole riding across the countryside mm-hmm. and then how this might be an allegory for, or part of like Russian or sorry, Soviet propaganda of like, you know, like showing the ridiculousness of religion through this main character and the flaws in it. Like, yeah, uh, cause he is a, he is the worst fucking priest in training ever. Oh God. Yeah. He's, he's a terrible priest. Um, <laughs> just, just the worst. Doesn't it, doesn't have the right words. Doesn't have any tact. Doesn't have any, he's, he's a drunk. He's a womanizer. He's <laughs> like, just everything wrong. And that, that's yeah. intentional probably. And as well as like, um, I lost my train of thought. Well, also, like, the idea of uh, abstinence. This is like, oh, the dangers of, 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 of premarital sex as well, uh, which is kind of more of a loose one. But um, that's kind of like some of these other people's, like, uh, breakdowns of it. But it could actually make sense given, like, how this movie was allowed to go. But mm-hmm. going forward with the story, like, of course, like, he murders the old woman. She turns out to be actually a beautiful young woman, which Eric asked the very obvious question of, why you fucked up your twist? This would have gone very <laughs> different from you if you went the other way around. Is that sexist? Oh, definitely. But clearly these are well, not good people. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, you so just think from the from the standpoint of the witch, right? Because in the end, and not to spoil the ending, when we usually, you know, what Jump on uh, Tubi and check out the movie if you're wanting to see it uh, and you prior should, to yeah. getting spoiled. Um, but yeah, I do, at the end we we are revealed that oh, it has been the witch all along. Like that is the way it ends up. Like this is the this is the evil that he's fighting and this witch that he encountered and you know be, had bewitched him and rode him across the. She's the one that's been doing all of this and um, so yeah, it begs the question like if her if her purpose is really to you know bewitch and prey upon these young monks and seduce them you know bring them over to the evil side basically as a succubus type character why not use the young beautiful visage to do so rather than (laughs) wouldn't we possibly have a little more luck with the young men that way but i don't know right (laughs) but there's but they like so okay so in the story he finally fucking runs back he once he shows up there he's like oh i'm finally good but you know dean monk whatever they call him he's just like no you're not good you gotta go to town because this one young woman got beaten to death and she's dying and she specifically asked for you to give her final prayers uh so you gotta go and if you don't go i'm gonna beat the shit out of you too you can't sit straight uh yep literally that was the threat thousand lashes yeah (laughs) Yeah, and so there's this weird hijinks where he meets the so the townspeople, the the Cossacks. I'm probably doing that fucking terribly wrong, and I do apologize. Yeah, Cossacks, I think. Cossacks, yeah. yeah. That's close, yeah. Uh, Cossacks, they 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 like throw them in the wagon, and it's kind of funny to see how we like at first. It's like just a group of old men with these handlebar mustaches, 
Oh, and, like, they're great. Like, they're oh. <laughs> fucking wonderful. Like, when you said that they're, like, the seven dwarfs. Like, at a point, I was even trying to figure out, like, which one is sleepy and which one is sneezy and which one is, like, yeah. But, right. But they're all... <laughs> but everyone, they're just having the time of their lives in this fucking shack. Like, oh, they yeah. have to stop at this inn, and they're just getting drunk. Oh, I love and... the inn scene. And actually... I actually think the end scene in this movie, in, in V, if anyone wants to check out a movie that accurately depicts what it's like if you've just drank, like, a shitload of hard liquor that and are just way have. too <laughs> drunk, like, yeah. you, you know, you overdid it and you know it, like, that moment. This has a visual depiction of drunkness that is probably better than I've ever seen done on film, honestly. Wow. Like, uh, <laughs> like the double vision thing and, like, maybe it's just... Yeah, just, like... <laughs> The way that, like, everything's just kind of spinning around. Like, I'm like, this is actually, like, like the visuals of this are actually, like, being really hammered. Like, where you're like, yeah, I am I need to go home and sleep this off. <laughs> <laughs> like, you uh, could feel how they felt. The f- Yeah. Is it following day? Did they actually spend the night? I can't remember. Because the way they kind of edit it. I think they get back into the cart and then go and, like, sleep in the hay or whatever in the village. But Right. But, yeah. Because they, she they dies sit in, this in and just with... drink, yeah, yeah. So they, and you're, yeah. So he shows whole... up massively hungover and to oh, this recently so dead, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. She's she's not dead. the best priest, as we've mentioned. No, not the best. <laughs> but they're they're coming out of the wagon. So they start when they get in the wagon. They're all just like he's constantly trying to mis- to escape, and they're always catching him and shit. Um, but in, they're all buddies. They come out, they're fucking singing and stuff. They're drunk off their asses. And everyone's like, dude, the lady just died. Moment of silence. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> it's just... I thought they were going to ask him to speak. I figured that was the next thing. Like, oh, you're, you know, say something. You're the, the monk. Like, <laughs> right. But no, they just, then, then, then you meet, um, another kind of main character which is the the lord of that area the um, what do they call him um, um i think they just call him the master or the something master like, or something yeah. like that i yeah. i know there's an official term for there but for now we uh the like the chief or of some kind of um but yeah he's like he he's some kind of uh what's the term aristocracy um, yeah, he's so, he's the like local liege lord, whatever you would call him. Yeah. I, I think it, it translates at least in the subtitle translation, they just use the word master, I believe. So yeah, lord or master is pretty. It was interchangeable for the ones that we watched, but yeah, he he is very you know heartbroken. His daughter is the one who's dead, and he's like, yeah. So I want you to essentially stay for three nights, as the folklore goes, uh, with her corpse, and each night give a prayer. Um, and he's just to like protect it from evil spirits, right? And he recognizes the corpse as the fucking young woman from, or the old woman turned young, and he's like, "So why does my daughter know you?" And right away, big ass lie goes, "I have no idea. If I'm lying, God can strike me down." And then there's no like <laughs> none of no. that, and so yeah. right away I'm like, "I don't think God is with this guy." And as we go on with the movie, that's very true. Yep. It's a very true statement. Um, but yeah, then then his night of hijinks begins. Yeah, so he has to be on vigil with the corpse of this young woman who he believes... I think at this point, Coma thinks that he has actually beaten this girl to death. 
Like that it was a yeah. drunken hijinks of some sort and that like when he snapped out of it and he saw her body lying there, like, you know, oh my god, I beat this girl to death, I ran away, and now all of a sudden I'm dealing with her father and her village and here she is. So he has this like immense amount of guilt um right. going into the situation. But yeah, once he gets in the first night, um he comes to the realization that, oh wait, no, the witch thing is wasn't all just drunken you know, fantasy or whatever. This is, uh, there is something really going on. Uh, I murdered e- this woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the corpse sits up and tries to, he draws a circle of protection around himself in the church and the first night's haunting or whatever is pretty, pretty mild. It's just the corpse sits up, tries to like vex him. Essentially. He draws the circle of protection. Uh, he's obviously very shocked by a corpse, you know, reanimating in front of him but other than that no harm done he's kind of they unlock the door in the morning and drag him out and he doesn't say anything to anybody because again he's i think trying to be as you know low profile in this village as possible because again he thinks that he possibly murdered this girl and doesn't want anyone to find out about that obviously so right and there's a whole like kind of like Kind of like I write down in here in my notes, like as this as his nights continue, like um, one could argue that his faith is being tested, but I'm like I don't think so. I think this is him being punished for his sins. I think that's yeah. what this is because like there is no. I think it's maybe a little bit of both. It's you know yeah. call, calling him back to his faith, the her his him finally having a situation where he needs to really you know tap into that to not only save his own ass but. You know, he try to vanquish the evil and whatever. Um, I don't think he's entirely sure what's going on either. Like he's no, obviously he seems very stumbled into a situation by being a drunken ass, essentially. Right. So, um, so he just continues with tradition and continues to be a drunken ass. <laughs> right. He gets so, very cocky after the first night, though. Like I know, yeah, because he because he handles it. He draws a circle like, and oh, he says this. his prayer, and the corpse lays back down, and he's like demon vanquished that was pretty kick-ass you know i'm you know and he shows up demon drunk. slayer now so <laughs> he shows up like drunk for the second night yeah like yeah has some like... drinks and and not like the way that he shows up drunk the third night where he's obviously just petrified but the uh the this time he's kind of you know you know partying a little bit like celebrating and goes and in there and she starts hanging ten on her fucking yeah. So she does a little crypt. like co- some coffin surfing, yeah, which is a pretty fantastic I... moment. Like this is this is the point where I I started to like wrap my head around the the balance between the silliness and the horror of the movie. Um, horror is I definitely honestly, a loose term for this movie. Yeah, I honestly <laughs> wish it would have gone the other way because I think the situations given. Uh, the the way that it, it built up some of the suspense, it honestly has a lot of creepy gothic like atmosphere. It reminds mm-hmm. me of some of the Hammer movies and stuff. But then it goes totally over the top with the um, kind of humorous aspects of like when it gets to the demons and haunting and um, and I don't know if they were. My first thing that I thought is maybe they weren't intentionally humorous at the time, like in 1967. But then the coffin surfing thing comes along, and I'm like, okay, there's no way they didn't realize that this is silly like they're they're having fun with this so 
So there, I I believe at least that there was some intentional like fun to be had, and maybe you're right. Some... That's that's because of the kind of tone that the film had to take, like because Soviet yeah. Russia was you know maybe not the place that was going to let a, a a straight horror movie ever see the light of day. It um, definitely made some bold creative decisions in parts. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you you briefly... but that is the very moment that you brought up with her surfing around that room or the church on the uh, in the coffin like literally hanging ten on it like you said. Uh, that <laughs> she I'm stands like, okay, up well, in like, it at one point. Yeah. I'm gonna have to be ready for literally any kind of silliness in this movie, and and okay, I'm game. I'll do it. So it does. <laughs> it definitely plays with the emotions of things. Uh, but then she lands down the coffin, and then she lays out a curse. For him to be blinded and for him to, for his hair to turn gray. He, his hair only, only his hair turned gray. So like part of the curse actually kind of snuck through. And one would probably wonder, I, at first I kind of wondered like, is this like a weird like writing mistake versus whatever? Because I, it, clearly the audio in this movie, despite it being in Russian, is like re, re, redone. Like it's mm. like with most of those movies, like they didn't, like it's done in a sound studio. But I yeah. think what it is... Yeah, I think probably production ADR, style that's what it was called, done right? ADR. Yep, yep absolutely, ADR. yep. Um, but I think what it is, is it's a sign that his barrier protected most of him, but a sliver of the curse cut through and changed part of his hair, which is a sign... This is the way I'm going to, like, break it down as a as an intellectual breakdown. Uh, is, like, what it actually represents is that it's shown the cracks in his faith that will ultimately lead to his demise, that he is not pure of heart person, clearly. But mm-hmm. he, uh, he, um, he, it definitely, like, fucking struck him. So you get, like, a surfing coffin the second night, and then, but also, but it ends with, this, like, he is now kind of carrying a certain trauma with him. Um, yeah, his circle which, and his prayer didn't end up protecting him the way he thought that he was protected and he's trying to even more so get out of the third night to the point where he gets bribed a thousand gold coins and he goes you can't give me all the fucking gold in the world he goes okay how about a thousand fucking lashings uh until you're like you don't have a back anymore and he goes like even with that he tries to run (laughs) off but he fucks up he goes in the wrong direction and they still catch him and they just laugh and like yeah we're gonna throw you back in (laughs) Yep, yeah. His uh, his dwarf friends who aren't dwarves, by the way. I should quit saying that. I, that was just funny. <laughs> like, um, uh, uh, but yeah, his his Cossack friends that uh, got him drunk the night before. Well, both the nights before. Yeah. Um, There's like found, a sum- find him and drag him back to town, kind of like a oh, you shouldn't have tried to run away kind of thing. Like, but each night that he hangs out with them, it's kind of like that's where he's like, hey, I'm out with the guys, I'm having fun kind of situation. But that final one, you kind of feel. Like every like those guys know that she's a witch. They kind of, there's a previous oh, yeah. scene where they talk about like how she be kind of bewitched uh, a huntsman or whatever, and he said like she's like oh I want to ride the horse and he goes like I rather you ride me and then that made coma kind of go like oh shit <laughs> it's the same girl <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I killed her but that last <laughs> night like he's he barely eats his last meal and they notice and it's like. Yeah. It looks like they kind of feel for him. The acting actually isn't bad in this movie. 
at all. No, it's pretty good. I think most yeah. of it's pretty good. I, I think the acting's good. I think the, like, camera work's good. I think the sets are fucking great. Like, that oh, church. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if, like... Um, and a lot of it's done with matte paintings and soundstage, and it's just the the way they depict the little Russian village and the church and all this. It's it's really really great stuff. Um, yeah, the the church. The I every time they're in the church is like the the most fun to be had. I think mm-hmm. like the way that they do the lights when she wakes up, because like, they in the story she's supposed to appear bluish, and I think that's like okay. the idea of corpse, like in the in the folklore. And I think they mm-hmm. did that here by doing the blue lights, but you have this uh, soft backlight of red that kind of implies this, like, in, in my interpretation, this idea of, like, there's there's hell behind the curtain as well. Like, or yeah. the idea of evil, but also death. It's It also invokes, like, 60s comic books, the blues and reds. It also yeah. invokes, and I'm not sure how much they're getting the, that in Soviet Russia, obviously, but that just to my eye. And then it also invokes, like, classic horror films. Um well, it's the Technicolor '60s aesthetic. Yep. Yeah, it's it's kind of good. It's good here. It's 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 very old, but it's that like I said, it's the aesthetic. It's what like this is what's kind of fun about it. Uh, I thought. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot. This movie really has like being that it's a period piece horror movie. It's really got a hammer vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, until until it goes, you know weird <laughs> crazy weird over the top which you know i love and makes it unique it's it's definitely uh something but well, we should talk I... about the the third night for sure like that's okay before i do because i this is still i want to talk <laughs> about the church because oh, yeah. you brought it up the church in itself is a very unique character and i like the paintings of the church like they all look fucking kind of like evil versions of the fucking saints. Like they all look yeah. like corpses in themselves. They're it's... all very foreboding. Like we have mm-hmm. like kind of angry eyes and like, they're dark colored. And um, I have seen some like old religious art from the, like the middle ages and, and, and such that does kind of look similar to that. It's a little more like, um, I don't know, scary, but like certainly doesn't have kind of the glossed over, thing that like you know modern stained glass windows in a church in a christian church have you know well they kind of have like these like olive when i say olive skin tones i don't mean like mediterranean i mean like olive greenish skin tones where uh they're more corpse like which like you like like you were kind of bringing up yes that is actually a thing there is a there are some artists from like uh those times uh around, around this time for sure where um that they wanted to depict more realism. So the idea that, like, you have these saints who are dead, there would be, there actually are paintings of Christ that they do paint him more like a corpse. Um, and funny enough, those artists, what they did is they actually looked at decaying corpses and painted what they saw. But <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the idea with this as well. Like, this church, like, you think in a church which has hollow ground, would none of this shit would even occur in a first place but it adds further emphasis to that idea that like the evil can be real but the religion is not going to protect you from it or at least right. not not those pure of heart and truly devoted same with the church the church is clearly not used for anything else but for where you put your dead because there's cobwebs everywhere and yeah, it looks it very is not unkept. actively used yep and it's this kind of like cool um like all black 
Russian building. Like I like it's yeah. got kind of like the domey top to it, like the spire. Yeah. But it's a really cool looking, and I don't even know, I don't know if that was like built to size or if that was a model or whatever. Because um, I guess you never see people going in and out of it as a full building, but. Um, yeah, it was a really cool looking church and yeah, the inside's great. Like it's, it's kind of got a haunted house vibe more than it's got a church vibe to it. Like yeah. all the creepy paintings and the, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. It, it definitely, the, this movie kind of like drips atmosphere. It's got that kind of like old, you know, yeah, vintage yeah. horror movie feeling to it. So especially with, as you want to say, the third night, the church really has a moment, like the way that the church is used in the third night um but yeah third night he is fucking just he is at he is a broken man at this point he is so fucking shit-faced like to the yeah. point where he's drawn the circle and it's just wobbly as fuck <laughs> um and i'm just like i again would not go this route i would not be as 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 inebriated as possible for something so fucking serious um <laughs> right and now that you know it's serious for real like right and yeah. you got one night to do why would you try to fucking increase your odds of fucking it up um uh, but yeah so she summons the fucking demons mm-hmm. <laughs> and they What'd uh you yeah yeah i i think it was it was great at least it's incredibly creative it doesn't always work perfectly and not every makeup is perfect but like there's all of these different types of like makeup designs on all of these different demons and they kind of come out of the walls and the way that they kind of yeah. like their, their way of kind of like melting through the walls and like you know peeling their way into reality is really really cool it's well realized it um there's 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 a little bit of like hey it's 1967 a few of these effects don't work perfectly but like the the, in, the skeletal hydra where you can actually see like the black <laughs> sleeves yeah um, yeah yeah but yeah and there, there's a couple moments like that but in general like the design of everything is so cool and so like almost entirely unique to this movie like i can't even think of seeing anything that reminds me exactly of these scenes like um right. yeah i mean the, the demons are great too like I, I think i mentioned but each each one of them kind of is it's not like not like they would do nowadays in like cgi a little bit of a different face on each of these different creatures but these are entirely different concepts for each one of these demons that crawls it out kind of remind like, me of evil dead like sam raimi like yeah the way they were kind of peeling their way through the walls and like, the, <laughs> the weird like exaggerated like features of some like the long chin but no mouth and long nose mm -hmm. and shit or like the like one had like two not two sets of nostrils and four eyes like they're yeah. they're each one is when we say they're unique they're fucking unique like yeah, one it, one is just an old man with like skull makeup but i mean it's yeah, so effective but it was so cool it kind of like blew my mind how like i don't know just well thought out and like well put together it was i mean and there's there's a bit of silliness here too like it's not there's it's not really a generally horrific scene like but i don't know i was just i was so impressed by like just Honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. I've never seen a, a demon ha or a haunting type thing go this route. Like, it just, Where they uh, just was super interesting. Like, the way they pour... Because you mentioned them coming through the walls. But the way that that's actually done is so fascinating. Because they did this optical illusion where they lined up the... Because the, you have the, the 
horizontal planks. Uh, but they what they did is like they disted it. They did like the top half is clearly further away than the lower half. So there's like a seam between planks where just bodies are falling down from it. Mm-hmm. But the way they positioned the camera and did the lighting, it's kind of seamless. Like you know how that works. Like your your mind logically knows how that's being done. But the way yeah. that it's shot, if you were a kid, for example, I think it would kind of blow your mind a little bit for for a minute or two because it's really cool the way that they're just kind of coming out of a crack in the wall in, in a weird like dimensional way like it's not like a phase through it's kind of like playing with your fucking senses in, in like a doctor strange type way um yeah uh cool yeah I, I can, can you imagine you being you know a, a child in in you know soviet russia in 1967 seeing this film and having not really seen a whole lot of anything like this before yeah I think it would be, it would just be terrifying and mind blowing. And like, I think it would be incredibly effective and you'd probably remember it for the rest of your life. So, um, by the way, special effects work done by, uh, what they call rut. And I want to look up a little more of his work. I'm not actually familiar, but he's referred to on the Wikipedia page as Russia's master of cinematic fantasy, Alexander, uh, Tushenko or Tushko. Is Tushko. it, uh, yeah. is this I the same guy where they compare to, um, What's his name? The famous uh, stop motion. Uh, Harryhausen. Yes, they actually compare yeah. him to like the Russian I Harryhausen, that. I believe. Huh. I mean, I I definitely am impressed by this by his work here, and I would love to see. Yeah. More, so I'm gonna I'm gonna look him up and see if there's some other stuff to check out. But. Uh, yeah, it's um. But yeah, she so. uh, she summons these crazy ass demons, and they pour through, and it's fucking great. Uh, but they still and can't we, get to this fucker. But yeah, so then we call the titular demon <laughs> uh, V himself. Yes. Um. So in folklore, V is typically um, described as like this, like gnome-like, gi- like he's like the chief of gnomes. He's just this gigantic fucking creature whose eyelids like go extend all the way down to the floor and that's kind of the re like it's very much part of that folklore thing i like folklore a lot and so talking about like the humor of this movie like the ridiculousness of it plus like the really scary bits i think actually strike folklore accurately because when you listen to folklore there's a lot of like scary elements but at the same time there's a lot of like weird ridiculous ones as like okay that's oh, a yeah. that's a bold creative decision, and one of them <laughs> being fucking uh, V himself, who has these fucking massive eyelids in the folklore that they have to like, he needs help lifting them up. Um, mm. In this movie, I think they're they're not very long. Like they're long. They're fucking long. long. To cover his eyes, like yeah, yeah, but and they just not. like hinge. Like you see the hinge. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think of V? V was a little Design. bit rough compared yeah. to some of the other stuff that worked, but I think there's moments when it worked. And it, what it is that works about V in this is that he is so utterly otherworldly. Like, he just yeah. looks bizarre. And to have that, like, bizarre creature all of a sudden walk out into the, you know, into the situation where most of this movie has been fairly well grounded. It's a period piece. It's like, um, and so this, you know, this last 
10 minutes of this film have just been, you know, kind of going crazy. And this kind of puts the cherry on top. Um, (laughs) The effect itself, like the costume, uh, the creature design is cool, but when it moves, it's a little clunky. Like it looks (laughs) kind of just like a a, a wobbly fat suit in in a way. It kind of um, looks the, both. The hinged fat. eyelids look yeah. very much like, like you just said, like they're just on a hinge. They they're don't look just on a hinge. Um, his eyes don't look, seem very alive. They're just kind of like sparkly, sequined. Kind of like a <laughs> Star Trek alien from the sixties. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's very sixties. Uh, certainly, you know, me being a fan of the original Star Trek and sixties, seventies, Dr. Who, like I, I'm totally fine with accepting a monster like this. This is not even like among the bad ones I would say, Same. but yeah, but compared to like, it's a pretty good monster. It just, uh, compared to some of the other really impressive stuff, it might, it falls a little bit short. But I do think he's cool looking, like, and he's definitely pulls off being like really, really kind of weird and unsettling. So he's kind of like a haunted child's monster, like, like, like one of those like. <laughs> it's kind of like like a I don't want to say Teletubby, but kind of like a like a like a dude in a suit for a child's program, but kind of a little bit more on the demonic side in the yeah, way that his a little features bit evil are. Or a little bit. Yeah. He looks like a like a like a like a McDonald's Happy Meal toy, like with his stiff movements. It has like no like his arms are just like all he can move is his his fingers really, but his arms are like attached to his body. But he kind of looks like he was sculpted and then kind of squished a little bit from the front. So he's really wide, but he, I, I imagine if you saw him from the side, it would also be kind of thin, like a, like a like a biscuit. <laughs> it's like he's a very yeah. but like you said, like there's like that old Doctor Who star trek sci-fi monster this is very much in all of that design world and it's kind of like fun <laughs> it's it's yeah like yeah. this i'm not scared but i am entertained and that's the point um right yep. but yeah it, it, it ends up being a little bit different kind of a movie than i thought i was watching when i started and i got into kind of the suspense of the but it was still a surprise and i think surprises are good and it, it was effective right. and um yeah, I think it ended up being fun, and the special effects are cool. And I don't know, I I don't think I've seen anything like this. that's exactly it's, like this. It's very it's very folklore. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, yeah. But he um. So ultimately, the reason that uh, V is summoned is because he, when his eyes are exposed, he could probably see anything. And so even even uh, Coma himself says, as long as I don't look at the creature, I am safe. And literally, mm-hmm. as soon as he says that, he looks behind him right at the creature, and the creature goes, he's right <laughs> fucking there. <laughs> and they yep. just swar- get him. swarm him <laughs> and get him. Um, and they're beating his ass, and then the crow... So each time, each night is ended by the, the call of the the crow. Or, the rooster. Crow, sorry, the rooster. Yeah. The rooster's yeah. crawl. Call, sorry. Um, and it calls once, but they're still beating him up. So by the, and they realize like oh shit we kind of overstayed our bounds yeah, we over, so, overstayed it's it's gonna be sunrise yeah and so they're trying to escape and some of them which I thought was kind of cool I mean it's an obvious effect like what they did but still it's cool to look at like some of them get stuck into the walls of the church by the time it crows its mm. second time and so you actually have like demons where like their arms and legs are sticking out but at different sides like they're fused into the wall into the church permanently. Um, 
she reverts back into her old woman form, goes into her coffin, and it breaks. And he's and Coma's dead, maybe. Yep. But yeah, maybe he's he's fucking. I think dead. Our, our our epilogue, <laughs> we we definitely find out that he's he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Like they, and then it cuts. The movie ends with like his two friends from the night in the beginning of the movie talking about like poor old Coma. Yeah. Um, how about? Actually, how about when when the night ends and then his uh, head mage, whatever the fucking yeah, dude is, the head monk or whatever, a priest from the monastery, fucking comes in and just, shows up, looks around, and it's like, oh, peace out, like yeah, I'm not just dealing with this. Jesus, <laughs> he like literally looks around, gets this horrified look on his face, and just turns around, and it's just out, like just fucking gone. Yeah, um, yeah. it's. And yeah, so then then it just ends with his two friends having like a uh, drink to what's his face, and maybe he's dead, yeah. maybe he's not. I don't know. End of movie. Yep, short little epilogue with a, a toast to coma and them swilling more vodka. There's a lot of vodka swilling that goes on in this movie. So, so. much, man. And they they made the movie. <laughs> yeah. Soviet yeah. Union allowed this movie to exist. They made it. So it's just like it's like way to really lean into your stereotype. It's just like, yeah. but is it? I mean, Americans are constantly drunk as we currently drink. Right, right. So, <laughs> should have uh, had a little vodka tonight. I didn't even think of it till I got down here and was like, oh, oh man, I could have made a movie. cosmonaut. Yeah, <laughs> could have got my tain and vodka mixture going on there. Yeah, you just but in the spirit of V, you just have to drink straight ass vodka right out of the bottle, not <laughs> even chilled, not even mixed with anything. Yeah. Just eat a fucking whole chicken, roasted chicken, and <laughs> that's right. And a thing, and a swill of fucking vodka. Oh my god, so much. Anyway, so yeah, that was V. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, we kind of covered all the bases. Walking through that thing. Um, unless you have any other final thoughts, I was gonna say we could go ahead and just throw a grade I, at I, this. I think we. Uh... I I do have one. I will say yeah. the beginning scene where the witch is riding him, uh, puts a paints aladdin's whole new world in a different light <laughs> should just that, rescore that scene with the song that's exactly where i'm at because it's like it kind of had those vibes because let's be honest like he wasn't like he was kind of like no hey put me down but not at first at first he was kind of like in wonder like oh we're yeah, flying like, in the air oh yeah. you're still old like and you ugly. probably would be if that happened you know like, right it's like eh, enjoy it while i can <laughs> but yeah yeah, that's, that's or just kind of a fun. general like, well, how is this happening to me? <laughs> like, I'm floating through <laughs> I'm the air. So... This woman is riding me around. Like, I am so fucking drunk. You ever been so <laughs> drunk yeah. that you hook up with a really old cougar woman in her 80s, 90s, hundreds maybe, <laughs> and you yeah. just just fly around the countryside, <laughs> just yeah. She gets woo, her broom man. and you guys just do some flying around. You know that kind of drunk. Yeah, I, I have, like, little things about it, but I think I said most of what I was going to say about... Um, one of the things yeah. that cracked me up about the uh, translation of the subtitle track is sometimes when he's, like, reading religious text, it'll just be like, oh, speaks Russian. Yeah, I love that, too. Which it's like, yeah, <laughs> thanks, subtitles. Didn't pick up on that yet. <laughs> it's like... Right. And, of course, we're going off of Tubi subtitles. I don't think they're, like, their original Blu-ray subtitles. These are just off of Tubi. So I don't know if Tubi has yeah. its own thing. But, yeah, there's those moments where a guy walks up to him 
and and says something in Russian and laughs and walks away and it just says says speaks in Russian and like yeah, yeah. they all are <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> like, the whole movie we're we're we don't speak Russian it's why we have this on like it's like right. the beginning of the movie actually like it's nice because they actually say V and then he starts talking in Russian like the the intro as a cat classic mm-hmm. 60s they do the whole credits first but yep. it's like I'm like, is the translation not working? Because I'm not getting subtitles, and he's clearly talking in Russian. It's just the movie's just like, no, nah, it's it's not important. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, just this doesn't on. matter. No, just yeah. You don't wait till, wait till the movie starts. Wait till the movie you. Starts. you just you just keep watching movie and you drink drink wonderful alcoholic beverage. <laughs> yeah, here have a whole bottle of vodka drinks. Have whole vodka. You go. You going to need it. <laughs> Drink yeah. with friends, enjoy film. <laughs> yeah, and down the, with the capitalism. Other note that I made that I is it's, I can't quite figure out the score. I'm not sure I loved the music in it all the time, and yeah. sometimes I did, and then other times I, it seemed wildly inappropriate for uh, what was going on in the film. Um, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> that's uh, sometimes yeah. the things going on in the film seemed wildly inappropriate for what was going on in the film. So. You can't you can't watch this movie and not feel like you got some kind of fun out of it. I feel like yeah, like, no, absolutely not. And it's a little bit of a slow burn, but I think there's oh, these yeah, great the these great yeah. characters and like especially once the Cossacks come in because I got a kick out of them every time. And then yeah, um, Coma's just a total you know waste of space essentially. Uh, but he makes an interesting protagonist because of that. Like right, um, yeah. <laughs> Because he's just not good at anything that he's doing, and it's that I think, and that's the point. Because he's killed, he dies. His his, his faith failed him. Uh, once again, going back to probably the assumed a Soviet Union uh, uh, thing here, it's like all faith will fail you. <laughs> it's just yeah. um, because the way that I see it, like the woman, the the witch. She's a witch, and she's cap- She has connection to the dark world. But the worst thing that she did was ride a man without his permission but she wasn't really like torturing him she just like hey let's i want to have fun she's being kind of mischievous but to a person who is also mischievous but his out his thing was to beat her to death and even in the even in the point she goes please stop have mercy you're killing me you're killing me and he continues he beat an old woman it's like the idea like well she's a witch and it's like but what what's the worst that she did for you? Like you enjoyed the fucking flight. You were <laughs> smiling. You kind of enjoyed it, and then you got freaked out a little bit, and then you lost your shit. And it's like I think there's like a cool little like it's a little bit the breakdown in this fucking thing if you really want to. I'm not gonna go. Oh yeah. In this fucking moment, I mean, I but certainly think it's making some commentary on you know. Oh yeah. Um, faith and the, the especially the the role the church plays in the community and you know whatever the the um certainly a a critique of the you know type of people that at least the uh stature of the priesthood and what it uh doesn't always mean you're dealing with the uh most competent and wonderful people but right because this isn't a story about like an evil demon an evil woman this is uh, the way that i see it is a story about a woman who was killed 
uh, and it's just like, fuck it, I'm a witch, I'm gonna fucking get my revenge, and it's just like, yeah, it's kind of justly so, and the yep. idea that him him using his, his scriptures that he didn't originally have faith in, but he felt good about because, like, hey, it made this border for me, but all it did is kind of, like, blind her to his present, like, to where he was located, like, she's still there, is the idea of, like, this veil of just using religion to kind of just, like, get away with bad shit. It says, ha-ha, I'm, I'm actually pious because I happen to be this role. And like, yeah, but you're not actually pious. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> you're you're yeah. awful. I think there's a cool al- allegory there, I think. And yeah, it, we'll absolutely. get to you in the end, so. <laughs> right. Well, if you have to give this thing a grade, what do you think, uh, where do you land? Well, it's it's kind of tough because I feel like originally I think I was going to be in the seas because like you're right it's a bit of a slow burn at it is a slow burn at first and it is kind of it is a weird movie with how it's kind of goes about certain things like the way that it does like its horror isn't like intense as you would probably expect it to be it's not like hammer level horror but um and it does have a lot more of the comedic side but I think like. But the way that I viewed it, like, this is a story about folklore, um, and that it really kind of captured that element accurately, very accurately, like, the element of weird and horrifying, and, like, it is kind of, it is a unique story, it's not kind of, it is a unique story, uh, and I ultimately enjoyed it, and us talking about it actually kind of made me enjoy it a little bit more. I think it's one of those movies that if you get through the first one and you don't quite know how to make it, but if but you feel like, what if I hit it again? And I feel like it's one of those ones, if you keep watching it, you might enjoy it more each time because you know what you're going to get out of it and you know you can get something out of it. Because as a film goes, it's actually kind of beautiful. I liked this. This is a good... Uh, aesthetically, I liked this a lot, uh, especially mm-hmm. the church scenes. And that's what really kind of drove me and suggest this movie because i know that you yourself enjoy that aesthetic or at least you would be able to have that appreciation for it um and i'm like i never watched this movie of course and so it's just like this is an excuse to watch it Uh, so ultimately i kind of give it a i would give it a b you know i feel like it deserves a solid b at most um I feel like that's kind of generous, but uh, I actually I, I got some enjoyment out of it. And I would suggest it to a certain person who can enjoy a 60s aesthetic and uh, appreciation for like classic folklore told in such a way. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to echo a lot of that. And I said throughout our, our talking about it, like a lot of the things I enjoyed about it. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the folklore aspect of it's kind of right up my alley anyway. I really I tend to lo- really love or gravitate towards period style horror anyway yeah and um i don't know this one has it's it's unique is what i think really like sells it for me is i don't you know recall seeing a whole lot of movies that are like this i've seen stuff about folklore but this one is uh with the the mix of the special effects and the, the just the kind of i think it's because it was a horror film made in soviet russia that people didn't see you know in the western world for years and years and years um it just is just kind of its own thing that right. wasn't uh, based on anything and it wasn't emulate or it wasn't really emulated either. So it's just kind of exists in this bubble. And um, I think, I think it really benefits from that, but 
I don't know. I was I was impressed with it. Like like you said, the 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 acting, the sets, the camera work, the special effects, everything um, was really well done. Uh, there are moments that I don't necessarily understand their their choices because they, they yeah. tend to, like like I think I would have liked it maybe maybe I'm kind of changing my mind as we talked about it. My original criticism is I would have liked it to skew a little more towards horror and not kind of break those moments with kind of the the humor and kind of the over the top silly bits that uh, it has but I don't know as we talked about it I think that is part of what makes it unique and and perhaps it loses a bit of its personality if it if it does if it didn't have that aspect to it so yeah agreed I think uh I think I'm gonna land exactly where you land and I'm gonna give this one a B I don't think it's as it's much of a slow burn as um you know I think it's interesting throughout. You don't get a lot of the horror aspects until like later in the film, but yeah, like um, the last the last scene that just arguably the best is like the last six minutes of the movie. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, so it does have like a lot of the. I guess that is what you know a slow burn is. You don't get the payoff until the end, but it's it's certainly well worth the journey. It's not a long film at all. It's what runs an hour and sixteen, hour and eighteen minutes. It's, it's an like hour that. and sixteen. Yep. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> It's not like it's four and a half hours or something that you have to sit through to get to that. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So, and I think it's got interesting characters and it's it's fun. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching it, and um, yeah, I was super impressed with that uh, that drunkenness scene too that I mentioned while we were talking. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, a weird thing to be impressed with, but it was just like, wow, they really kind of nailed that. So, you can tell I mean, they're, they're, always vo- drunk, they're drinking so the vodka too. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, if, if anyone out there has happened to see V before, um, let us know what you think of it. Uh, if you haven't seen V, we, we both uh, highly recommend you check it out, especially because it's free streaming on Tubi. Yeah. Um, once you do sit down and watch V, which you should, and you have anything to say about it, go ahead and shoot us a message at the Video Junkyard Podcast at gmail.com, or you can uh, uh, always message us on the official Video Junkyard Podcast uh, podcast Facebook group as well. Get in on the conversation there. Um, would like to know what you think about this film or any film that we review on the podcast. Also have a quick announcement about the uh, Video Junkyard podcast. Now has an official Patreon page, uh, <gasps> which you can find at patreon.com slash Video Junkyard podcast. And um, just to give you a real quick rundown of what that's all about, if you like the podcast and you... Uh, we hope you consider helping us by uh, I don't know, giving giving back a little bit to help us create uh, this podcast. And if you're enjoying what we do here, uh, the money collected through Patreon only goes back into the podcast and helps us cover the cost of production and web hosting. Um, we appreciate any help that you can give. And there's some cool perks for each tier of support. Anything from a dollar up to the highest tier, which is a $15 um, monthly uh, donation. Um each tier comes with the, a certain amount of perks, uh, including um, the, uh, Video Junkyard Podcast swag and, and, and merch, uh, inclusive members-only content, and the ability to vote in polls to help us decide what we watch on the show. So uh, head over to patreon.com slash Podcast, Check that out, and uh, thank you very much for your continued support of the podcast. Hope you. We want to thank you again for uh, listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and hope you'll, um, you know, Take the time to uh, tell your friends and share it around. And uh, we are also on uh, Facebook, Twitter, all of those things. Facebook and Twitter essentially is 
what we use. <laughs> we always say these other ones, but man, I, you know, <laughs> we don't post much on those. So I'm going to stick to Facebook. So many. Look so us many. up uh, Twitter at Video Junk Pod or the uh, official Facebook uh, group there. So anyway, that's uh, all I got for you tonight. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I'm Eric O'Branson. And I'm Ryan Seiskel. Uh Here's random Russian footage. Have a good night. Random Russian dialogue, that's what I was going to say. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but... I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, on Twitter at videojunkpod, and on Instagram as videojunkyardpodcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard? <laughs>